2: This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective, honestly and respectfully. Hi, Erwin Lutzer. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today. We're going to talk about an important topic, your book, No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. And oh my gosh, it seems like not just American culture, but the entire world has gone insane. Uh, so share a little bit about your background with our audience, your pastor of the Moody Church in Chicago but you've also written this but what what even prompted you to write it
1: Well first of all I'm actually pastor emeritus now at the Moody Church I was pastor for 36 years mm-hmm. and I wrote the book no reason to hide I looked at our present culture and looked at the various pressure points that Christians are facing we didn't ask for the culture war the culture war came to us mm-hmm. and so what I did is I discuss in the book cultural demonization of all those who aren't going along with leftist orthodoxies. I talk about the issue of race and how critical race theory actually works against us rather than for us when it comes to trying to move forward in race relations. Issues also like, uh, should we be guilty because we live, in, live on stolen land, etc. cetera and then propaganda and then issues that I know you are specifically interested in, a chapter on transgenderism and specifically a chapter on children and the Mm -hmm. question of whether or not we can give them to the enemy Mm
2: -hmm. to
1: indoctrinate and how we are to relate to this and then the great global reset and Mm -hmm. suffering for Christ. That's a brief overview because my desire, Christina, is to help Christians think through these issues so that if a child comes home and says, you know, I think I'm trans, Mm. should parents respond? So the book is intended to help Christians make it all the way to the finish line, so to speak, and be faithful to the gospel.
2: That's awesome. Uh, It's interesting because I hear so many um, people I talk to who Will consider themselves Christian, but they don't want to make waves, and they're just like, well, to get along, get along. I'm just not gonna make too much of to a. We'll just teach our kids good at home, and and hope that they have enough foundation so that when they go out into the world and they hear other stuff, they'll be able to stand their own two feet. But often we find ourselves having to compromise, whether it's a job that starts to bring certain. You know, I remember wearing a shirt actually, Erwin, um, that said uh, the C K. It looked like the um Calvin Klein logo but underneath it said Christ um Christ King and uh they they told me I can't wear that and I'm like why not we can write uh Calvin Klein but we can't write Christ is king but often we will like subjugate not speak up on our behalf and, and actually cower in the corner on our beliefs because either keep a job don't cause waves uh, what, what do you say for people that go through these difficult times, they don't want to lose their job, but it's only going to get harder, I think, not easier.
1: Well, that's absolutely true. You know, it used to be that um, if you were good at chemistry, for example, and had a PhD, you could apply to a university and get a job, even as a Christian. But today you can't believe do that unless you are asked, are you comfortable with multiple pronouns and so forth? As a matter of fact, in the book, I tell the story of two people working in a store with integrity for 20 years, and uh, they were told now that they're supposed to wear uh, a rainbow flag on their lapel, and they said no, and they were fired. So if you ask the question about silence, there are times when we have to make up our mind as to where we stand even if our jobs are actually in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this book to also give examples of people who have stood against the culture and have been faithful no matter the cost. And yes, we must speak up. There are times when our jobs might be at stake. For example, a teacher here in Chicago said that he was told It is not enough for you to simply tolerate same-sex marriage. If you don't celebrate it, you could lose your job. That, for him, is a line in the sand that he cannot cross. So the question is, if he loses his job, is the rest of the church going to come around him and help him and say, we're going to help you through this? These are the new issues that we are going to have to face in this culture, and we cannot submit even if it costs us personally.
2: Mm. Yeah, I can't even believe where we've come as a country and a world, it's just crazy. Why do you think the left pushes so much their, their religion? Actually, I find a lot of this, you know, celebrating of you know, transgenderism or whatever. It's kind of like their own religion. And I'm like, okay, so you have your religion go off there. That ain't my religion. Why, why do they have to force us to celebrate? Why can't we just say, okay, I acknowledge you as a person, but I don't agree with your lifestyle.
1: Well, sometimes they can do that. But oftentimes, as I mentioned, it can't be done because mm-hmm. your very job might be at stake. So you, you either submit or else you're out of a job. You know, in more specific terms, and I know that you have a heart for children, we must recognize, as I show in the book, No Reason to Hide, the book that we're talking about, Karl Marx believed that the nuclear family had to be destroyed because it was a unit of oppression. Men Mm -hmm. oppressed their wives, parents oppressed their children, they took them to church, God was the ultimate oppressor, so Marx believed that the task of rearing children was too important to leave to parents. It should be done by the state and the state's values. And that's what we have today. As we stop to think of it, we have parents who thankfully are speaking out, but many of them are going along with the culture and their children are definitely being seriously misled. And a wedge is constantly being pushed between parents and child, and schools have become substitute parents, as it were, and this is disaster for various reasons. As a matter of fact, in the book, I give an example of the state of Illinois here, where there is a curriculum, every kind of sexual perversion illustrated, all supposed to be normal. Now let's carry this a little further, Christina. Mm -hmm. Here's what happens. A child sees this, he's attracted, but he's also filled with guilt and shame because he knows that this is not the way it's supposed to be. He falls into depression and then they come along and say, well, you know what your real problem is? You're trans. You were born birth, but what you have to do is transition and become a girl. And if you do that, it's going to bring about uh, fulfillment and healing. And one of the things we have to do is to help parents to understand that self-perception is not always an accurate gauge or guide as to who we are. You can go into a psych ward and meet uh, someone who genuinely believes that he's Napoleon, but of course his self-perception is wrong. And we need to understand that and to help children to think through the struggles that they are facing without making terrible decisions, especially if they submit to surgery, Mm -hmm. terrible decisions, which will mean that they'll never be able to be a biological parent. Absolutely horrible things are happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard some of those stories. It's just horrendous. Now, even myself as a kid, I I was kind of I wouldn't say rough and tumbly, but I I like to do some of the things guys like to do. And I think in today's culture, had I grown up going to school, they just might say, well, you know, you kind of do guy things and, uh, you're probably a guy. And, And as we all know, going through teenagehood, it doesn't always feel good. Whether you're a girl or a boy, the changes are uncomfortable. And so you could totally wrap that up to being, I'm not feeling like the correct sex and it, and, you know, it's already difficult enough being a teenager without this confusion coming, coming from the society and school. But what can parents do? Because I've heard some of them tell me, I can't take my kid out of school. I have a full-time job. I can't educate them at home. I need to send them to school, public school. But how am I going to make sure they're, they're going there with the right tools to make the right choices? Or what, what can I do as a parent?
1: Well, you know, there may be a limited number of decisions that have to be made, but made them, make them, you have to. By the way, with reference to transgenderism, mm-hmm. let me quote Anne Rand, who was not a friend of Christianity. Mm-mm. She said, it's possible to avoid reality, but you can't avoid the consequences of avo- avoiding reality. But now back to this, number one, it's important to realize that homeschooling is easier than it used to be. You have these groups, these co-ops that meet together. If you can't teach chemistry, your child can be with someone who can, or physics, or some other subject. So the option there is better than it was years ago. Maybe a faith-based school is in your area. Now, some faith-based schools are not necessarily immune from wrong views of social justice and all the rest, but they might be a lot better. If you have to send your child to a public school, just know this, there still may be a few decent ones out there. There They're becoming fewer and fewer. What you have to do is to work with the teachers. You have to get involved, get other parents involved who share your concerns. You cannot throw your children to the wolves. God is going to hold you. the book of Ezekiel, God says that even the children of unbelievers were born to him, that is to God. So God has loaned the child to you, and what you need to do is recognize that you'll give an account. And speaking of jobs and vocations, Let's remember that the most important legacy we will ever leave behind us is the legacy of our children.
2: Yeah, it is so true. And you know, I, I love that we went here because actually there are parents who are winning the fight. There were parents on uh, city school boards that came forth and said, here's the book my child bought back from the library. It's absolutely pornographic. While the parent read it, they shut him down saying, out of order out of order you can't read that in here i'm thinking but my kid can bring it home and uh, so they made the point and a lot of them are uh, the parents that is are really making headway with getting a lot of these horrible pushes on our children out of the curriculum and out of the school so there there is an impact if you especially if you band together as parents to work together and like you said get involved pete um What is it called? PTA? Yeah, PTA and school function. Just go there, see what's going on. So you're in the up and up of what's going on with your kids.
1: Oh, exactly. And we have to understand the culture. Perhaps I already mentioned that one of the longest chapters in my book is on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I show how that works against us. Another word for it is critical race theory, and that's what's being taught in schools where people are divided on the basis of their skin color and uh, put into various uh, categories. It's a book that was written entitled White Fragility that is based on the issue of how to fight racism is to become a racist, where you simply divide people, you judge them according to the color of their skin. Now, why do I mention that? Because this relates to our conversation about children Children are being taught this even in school. And of course, they see one another therefore as opponents working together. You know, one group being blamed, the other group being exonerated, and it actually is dividing us. And by the way, while I'm on the topic, I also show where this leads. In Princeton University today, you have a directive that has come down that says, if you believe that mathematics has only one right answer, basically you're a racist. And a person who, have st- who has stood against this, a professor from Romania, said that he fears this more than he feared the communists because at least the communists believe that two plus two is equal to four. So we are asked to believe absurdities And I think it was Voltaire who's credited with saying, those who can get you to believe absurdities eventually can get you to commit atrocities. So that's where our education system is at, and you're right. Parents, for example, in Loudoun County have stood against what is happening. They now have a governor who is in favor of abolishing this divisive doctrine not intended to educate the child but to make one group feel guilty and make the other group feel as if they are victimized and that's where we are today in our school system
2: yeah i I totally see that and what's sad for me and you know i see even the older folks that in job situation putting people into a certain victim box Oh, you're the woman you can go in this victim box if you're a black and woman ooh, you get a double victim box um, but you know when people put themselves in these separate boxes I'm thinking but at the end of the day we're human why are we kind of excited to go into our own little victim box and how does that serve humanity and And so I kind of like want to get inside their head, like, what are you thinking? How is this better for you to be inside of one of these or many of these victim boxes?
1: Yes, actually, for many people, victimhood is their empowerment. Hmm. That's why they hang on to victimhood. And no matter what the other side does, it'll never be enough. Because any success has to be snatched away. Because victimhood is your identity. And you know, earlier we talked about transgenderism also among teens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes teens choose that route because they want to be thought of as a victim, because in our society victimhood receives special privileges. There's a lot of sympathy that goes into victimhood and so mm-hmm. forth. So we live in a society where victimhood is very, very important. So you have those who are victims, you have those who are oppressors, they're to be divided. And uh, I want to say that these issues have nothing to do with skin. They have everything to do with sin. And what we need to do is to work together as believers to overcome them and bring about the unity of the body of Christ.
2: Absolutely. Wow, there's so much in your book. I know we could go on for hours on all of it, but I want everyone to get their very own copy so that parents feel empowered and every Christian out there feels that they can go through this. It's gonna be a difficult journey. I don't think it's gonna get easier, but where can everyone get a copy of No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture? Where can they get a copy?
1: Well, first of all, they can certainly get it on Amazon or christianbook.com. Maybe those are the two best places For No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. Go to Amazon, go to christianbook.com. Both have great sales on the book. And remember why I wrote it, to help us to think through what our Christian testimony should be in the midst of a collapsing culture. No reason to hide.
2: Yeah, no reason to hide. Um, Because, you know, as it is, I find that if you will subjugate yourself for one thing you fall everything like let's say you don't you know you don't lose your job today because you said okay I'm gonna go along with this one issue but then tomorrow something else and so where does it end you really need to stand up for your what you believe you believe in Christ you need to stand for it and not be scared to stand no matter what the consequences God's got your back (laughs) thank you so much mr. Lester for coming
1: all right God bless you
2: God bless Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com.
0: Selling a little or a lot?